Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to the 101st episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week, we have the young professor, Matt Grafer, on-field host for the Daytona Tortugas, low-A affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. He is also the host for Embry-Riddle Basketball, multiple pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing events. He is also a World Tour cast member for the Savannah Bananas. If you like this episode, make sure to go back and listen to the older episodes. There's something back there for everyone. 100 great episodes back there, so go check that out. If you want a shout out, super easy. Uh, We need some of these in 2022. Uh... Drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us with their algorithm. I don't even really care what you say on there. Um, You can say uh, following directions, dropping a rating, uh, you know, whatever. Drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts, please. The the more ratings and comments we get, uh, the more traffic the podcast will get. Um, So that's always good there. And uh, there is a designated Twitter account, uh, in case you missed it, f- for the podcast. So go ahead and follow that, at Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast. And uh, that's where you can reach out about becoming a guest as well. Um, and if there's any businesses out there that are looking for a unique sponsorship, that's where they can uh, find out more information about that. Um, and if you really want to, you can follow me personally on Twitter at it's R A Coon. That's I T S R A C O O N. If you haven't seen these yet, uh, there is now Pulling Tart Podcast merchandise. There are stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. Uh, you can find all of that on tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C dot com. And there's also a link in our link tree in our bio on Twitter. So go check that out. That will take you to pretty much everywhere. Um, you know, you can listen to the podcast as well. Guys, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone that participated in our first Twitter space to celebrate the 100th episode. It was so much fun reflecting and celebrating with some former guests and fans of the show. We will definitely be doing that again, maybe once we get to 10,000 listens, which should be in about a month or so, uh, give or take there. With all that being said, let's get to it. Let's chat with the young professor, Matt Grafer.
the young professor, Matt Grafer. Welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super excited to have you on. Let's start off with where does the name the young professor come from? Bobby, thank you so much for having me on, man. Um, well, the truth, I guess to keep it short, is I used to be young and I used to be a professor. It was more of a description <laughs> than, a, than a nickname. And uh, when I was starting out in entertainment, which uh, I was a trivia host, actually, as, at the time. Okay. I was trying to come up with something a little bit more memorable because Matt is a very short, ordinary, four-letter first name that people immediately forget. Uh, and if they do remember some version of it on the way out, they'll go, thanks, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mike. And that was starting to get old. And I, uh, I wanted to start developing a following. So I thought having some kind of gimmicky name would be a good idea. And uh, as a big, long-time professional wrestling fan, uh, I've always liked gimmicks. I've always liked uh, The Undertaker. And I even like some of the crazy stuff from the early 90s, like The Big Boss Man and Doink the Clown and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I thought... A nickname would be good, and I just went with the, the description of what I was because uh, last week, actually, so eight days ago from when we're recording this, 10 years ago, is the anniversary of me being a 25-year-old college professor. That's when I started. Wow. So it worked. It stuck. Uh, it made sense for trivia, and I had built enough of a following that when I started the transition over to sports, I took it with me, and uh, that's just what I am. I am the young professor. Okay. What did you teach in college? So at that time, uh, I was brought in to teach in a sports medicine and fitness technology program. Okay. And there were only two instructors, and there were 20 different courses in the program, and we taught one course a month. So in my seven and a half years teaching, I taught 23 different collegiate courses under the umbrella of like movement science, exercise science, wow. kinesiology. And so I did a lot of stuff in some sports marketing, some sports management, exercise science, physics applied to the body, injury management, a lot of things I didn't even have educational background in, but my master's degree was in kinesiology, but okay. it was just a sports psych track of that. But because of the name on the uh, on the old diploma there, I got a chance to teach a little bit of all that stuff. So okay. it was a, uh, for a few years, I thought my brain was going to explode because I had to really study up on the books that uh, I may or may not have studied so much as a student. Right. Just so I could make sure I give a good quality education for, uh, for the students that were counting on me. Okay, very cool. So how did you transition to hosting different athletic events? Well, like I said, it started with trivia. Uh, that was kind of where it all started for me. And that came about during a lull in my career as a professor. Okay. I, I had actually been laid off. I had been let go because they got rid of the program at the one campus that I was at in Daytona Beach. And so I was out of a job, and I had to take a new job that uh, I didn't love. It was sales. It was a recruiting job in healthcare, and um it was a lot less money than what I had been making. And I saw like I was making all that much to begin with, but it was a lot less. And I've got a family. Uh, there's six of us, okay. so four kids. So wow. I needed a little bit more money. And I used to go to trivia. And before I had kids or anything, I wanted to do that. But life kind of took me in a different direction. So right. I called the trivia company that operated in the area and they hired me and I started working. And 
after about two years of that and hearing enough people really start kind of coming up to me constantly and saying, man, you sound really good on a microphone. Do you work? They used to ask, you know, at the time, the Daytona Tortugas were the Daytona Cubs. They were like, yeah. do you work for the Daytona Cubs? Do you work for insert sports team name here? Because they swore just from the way I sounded that I must. Yeah. And I didn't. And so uh, enough, I got tired of saying no, I think. Okay. I got tired of saying that no, no, no. I finally started going, I think the, the universe is trying to tell you something, pal. You might want to look into it. And yeah. so I decided to start looking into it. And I started in professional wrestling. So I like to say my style, my uh, all the stuff that I do was forged in the fires of professional wrestling. Very cool. Very cool. So I was checking out your website. You'll get to plug that at the end. Um, checking out some videos. And you're always dressed to the nines, man. Like, like ridiculously dressed well. Uh, so I got to ask, why do you always wear a suit and tie during the events that you host? Uh, it just has become the look and it's okay. been an evolution. It, it really has. It, it was not always like that. Okay. Uh, it, it started, it had very meager beginnings. You know, if I go back to the earliest version of whatever I tried to do, when I first started in trivia, I made sure to wear shorts and I wore some kind of crazy socks, okay. which I don't know that that ever got over, but that was something that I consciously made a decision to do. Then when I started to transition more towards the young professor persona, you know, I was thinking professor, ask questions. I used to use a lot of t-shirts that had either Mario question blocks or okay. like images of the Riddler from Batman. All right, yeah. So it was different, like kind of cool t-shirt. In fact, I found some cool t-shirts where, where actually now all my t-shirts are on Public. Yeah, that had like Mario and the Riddler like mashed up, like so I was able to kind of have some cool stuff that would, at least would create some talking points, and um, and then when I started ring announcing, I didn't even wear a suit really the first year. I wore I wore a blazer, you know, because that's what that position wears. Okay, I wore dress pants and dress shoes, but I had like three different color blazers that I would cycle through: a green one, like the Riddler. Yeah. a red one like a burgundy and a gray and I would wear a polo shirt and sometimes they were colorful sometimes not that's pretty much what I did for the first year and then about a year in I started to dress it up a little bit I bought my first tuxedo uh, that had you know like paisley patterns and I think it was like a blue or a red one Okay. and I wore it to an event and people were like Yo, I bought, and I bought <laughs> shoes to go with it too. Yeah, like some like gator skin, like cool looking, very fresh, colorful shoes to go with, and people really responded very, very well. And I and then I bought this Pac Man suit that my wife and I wore to an event where I won Best Live Entertainment in Flagler County, which is the county I'm in in Florida. There you go. All and right. we wore, she wore a Pac Man dress, and I wore a Pac Man suit, and it's just a suit, but it looks like that first level in Pac-Man. So it's like the ghosts and him all chasing each other all over the suit. Right. And the amount of attention and looks that we got and the conversations I was able to have and the networking I got to do, uh, it kind of like, that was the light bulb going off to say, this, this is it. This is where you need to go. So I started uh, just adding more things to the collection. And now it's the expectation. Uh, now, right. uh, you know, the question I get all the time is like, what are you going to wear next? What are you going to wear next? And so I, I've got a pretty deep rotation uh, of things so that people 
think that it's infinite it's it's really not i just uh, i'm careful about when and where i wear things so that i don't do too much duplicating in close proximity okay okay so are you so i've interviewed some other um hosts that that dress up they wear a tuxedo or or different suits or what have you um are you individually funding this wardrobe or do you get donations or what's how do you afford all of those suits and shoes man it seems like there is a never-ending um amount of them it's a deep roster okay um, that's for sure and uh but you you've worked in minor league baseball yep as much as people like to think that that's a glamorous thing, that there is infinite sums of money, I, I think you, <laughs> sir, no. more than most, would probably realize no. In fact, uh, that was a few question I got a few times last year because I I did 50 of the 60 games for the Tortugas last year, uh-huh. and I wore something different every single game, at oh, least wow. one thing different. We On the 4th of July game, I wore 17 different outfits, one for every half inning we played. Oh, wow. Every single time, and, and I made sure there was a promotion in between every inning so that yeah. people could see it each time. Okay. Um, and even the coaches were asking the administrative you know, team, like, are y'all paying for this? And the <laughs> answer is no. It does. It is me. Um, okay. And um, it's a tax write-off. So okay. there's that because it's it's my entertainment uniform, essentially. This is true. Um, yeah. But that doesn't, you know, make it cheap. But it's also not as expensive as you might think. Right. But I have invested quite a bit in it over the span of about four years now. Uh, but, uh, you know, not that I do exceptionally well, but this is the investment I'm making in myself. The things right. to make me stand out and distinguish myself from others. Uh, and really, uh, it's been a wise investment, I feel like, because yeah. these are the things that continuously get me booked and get me more places and get people talking that land me the next few gigs. And, and so I can kind of coast by now until I, until I buy something else, I'm sure. Right. Um, but um, it, it is an investment, and there, there's been quite a bit invested between all these shirts um, which I've got, you're, you're, you're in my closet with me now. I know our, yep. our listeners can't see it, but I've got probably about 200 of these shirts, uh, all from the company Roosevelt's, which are kind of my day to day wear. So it's not like okay. it ends at the events. Right. I wear this in my classroom too, to just be colorful and change it up. Um, and so I, I've just got a very, very deep roster of of combinations and suits to to keep it interesting very cool you gotta spend money to make money i get it Uh, it it works it does it it has worked for me because you know i'm able to ask for more and people don't balk at it and i'm able to get booked more so it, uh, it has certainly been helpful for sure for sure um so i've gotta ask so you work for the savannah bananas and the daytona tortugas um, the Savannah Bananas are, what's the what's the best way to describe them? Um, very entertaining, uh, to say the least. And the Daytona Tortugas are a minor league affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. Um, so they can only do so much. You, you know, the Savannah Bananas can be crazy with their promotions. The Daytona Tortugas, they're affiliated with MLB. They got to tone it down a little bit. Um, so I got to ask you, what's the biggest difference for you between working with the Daytona Tortugas and with the Savannah Bananas? Um, maybe the pace a little bit. 
it, it's definitely faster paced with the Savannah Bananas, yeah. and um, and you've got you've got essentially who who I believe is the most entertaining man in sports right now, who's who's completely aimed at it. Jesse Cole kind of leading that charge. He, yeah. he's the you know he's the head of the parade. He's the 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 grand marshal, if you will, of the of the Savannah Bananas. So he's really driving that train and it is nonstop. It really doesn't quit, which I love. I wish we could do more of that with the Daytona Tortugas. Sure. Uh, but you're right. There are some of those restrictions that do come from MILB and MLB by proxy mm-hmm. so that uh, there's a there's a bit of a cap on the shenanigans um, for sure, especially when it comes to like inclusion of players and umpires, right. which is really unfortunate because I had some cool ideas. We did... Um, we did a Christmas in July game last year, and uh, we kind of had this like moving thread of Sheldon being very mischievous. He was like the Grinch, okay. if you will, and yeah. we had Santa Claus there. And I uh, I had pitched to the, the team president that if we could have the umpire eject Sheldon from the game. Yeah. And he was like, no, we <laughs> cannot do that. Like We cannot mix it up. And I was like... I mean, why? I mean, they can do that. Yeah. It's very notoriously, we are the only team, I believe, in Major League Baseball that had their press box ejected 10 years ago this year in 2012. Oh, that was 10 years ago. Okay. And that, that was, was you guys. Okay. We're talking about celebrating it, Brad. Oh, <laughs> you should. Um, I mean, it's it's so notorious. Like, it shows up. I, if you do Google searches for, like, craziest minor league promotion things like i've done research and trying to find more things for us to do and i've seen it listed so they uh, for those that don't know the story we're talking about in 2012 the uh daytona tortugas whoever the team was in our press box at the time it was the daytona cubs at the time yeah they um the umpire made a call that the fans certainly didn't like and and everyone seemed to universally disagree with and (laughs) The press box, very, very timely, very, very aware, very humorous, very entertaining. All the things minor league baseball appreciates. They started to play three blind mice. Yep. And this proceeded to incense the umpire, and he ejected the whole press box. And I don't think a lot of people know this, but for some time after, it was a major thing with them in their front office because our president was lower on the okay. total pole but he's there now still and was there then right and he said yeah that was they were mad for days they were very upset with what happened so uh <laughs> you know we we don't have that same capability yeah we you know the savannah bananas have a dancing umpire okay. uh vincent chapman I, I got to hang out with him this weekend and uh the guy is a riot he's so fun and uh, and you don't even know that it's coming you know it just looks like an ump out there and yeah. then he starts moving and and it's cool and the players obviously you know we we can't do much with the players to get them involved mm-hmm. so i'd say that's probably the biggest difference between the two uh i know with the tortugas i have just tried to take the spirit of what they're doing with the bananas as much as possible yeah. and, and bring it to jackie robinson ballpark so we can thrill our fans the way that they're able to within the limits of what we have yeah for sure i mean that's re- that's really all you can do um so i gotta ask like maybe you know the answer to this question what happened after they they kicked out the whole press box like, was there no PA announcing? Was there no music the rest of the game? 
I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I couldn't tell you, but I'm sure somebody had to go fill that hole. I mean, you know how it goes. You you always ask about it. Other duties as a sign. Yeah. Somebody's getting the hot tag, brother, and they got to up yep. there and to pick up where, uh, where things left off. Yeah. Um, so I didn't put this in the questions because it, it just occurred to me that before he went to the Danville Otterbots, Austin Cher worked for the Daytona Tortugas. Did you ever work with him? I never worked with Austin. Uh, I remember seeing him around and seeing his name. Um, and I, I, I actually took my students because I was a college professor in Daytona when they became the Tortugas. I actually brought my students out for the press conference when they announced the team name oh, and cool. unveiled the, the, the hats and the logo and yeah. stuff. So I've, I've met him. But my primary contact has been Jim Jaworski, who's the president now. Yeah. And Jim and I met 12 years ago when he was just starting out in ticket sales. And I had just moved to Daytona Beach by way of Illinois at the time okay. uh, to work for an event management company. So uh, my relationship with Jim has probably been my closest tie to the organization the entire time. Yeah. Um, reason I ask is because Austin's been on this podcast before, and I am the Delaware ambassador for the Danville Otterbots. So they've got quite the program there. Yeah. Right? I've seen ambassadors far and wide. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you live in Illinois? I lived in Edwardsville. I did I did my master's degree at SIUE, so right oh. outside of St. Louis. Yep. But there was a fair share of Cubs fans, and that's that's how Jim and I got to talking. Right. I went to a uh, young professionals group meeting, the only one I've ever been to. And yeah. uh, I see this guy in all Cubs attire, and I, I had just moved down not too far before, so it was an easy conversation starter. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how Jim and I met, and that's kind of what linked me to baseball and, and puts us here today, essentially, as yeah. well. Absolutely. Uh, so the Savannah Bananas don't just play home games, right? Like they go, they go on a world tour. Um, so what's been the best city that you've visited on the Savannah Bananas world tour? Well, we haven't started yet. Oh, um, okay. This past weekend, we had our two dress rehearsals okay. in Savannah at Grayson Stadium. So we did one on Friday in front of no fans, which okay. was very interesting. Although I will say I've in in some wrestling shows i've probably worked in front of less people than we had even there among staff yeah uh, so we did no fans then we had about 500 or so five to seven hundred on saturday night but uh we're getting ready to pick it up so this this weekend coming up we have the, the opening two games in savannah okay and it's also uh st patrick's day weekend in savannah which if you know anything about savannah for st patrick's day it's like i think after boston or maybe even ahead of boston it's like the biggest st patrick's really? day city in the country okay yeah, it's a big big deal in the southeast and uh, i know the team is going to be wearing their kilts on nice. friday night so it'll be a, a kilted game for the st patrick's day game nice so we've got that then we've got daytona and then we're really hitting the road so uh, we'll see okay. some other cities we'll be in alabama uh, we'll be in North Georgia, and then ultimately we will finish things off in Kansas City, Kansas. Okay. With, uh, against the Monarchs, which will be probably the most oh. interesting display because yeah. the Kansas City Monarchs challenged us. So it will be the first time that an outside franchise will play banana ball against Very the Savannah cool. Bananas. Very cool. Okay. That is awesome. Do you, so they went on a world tour last year too, right? But you it was were... a one-city world tour. Oh, okay. 
Uh, it was prior to my affiliation with them, but they okay. went and they sold it out, and it was uh, it was a resounding success. And now they have the opportunity to go to seven cities, and I think we've got sixteen games on this tour. And right now, fourteen out of sixteen are sold out, which that's is awesome. wild. That is wild. Okay, that's very interesting. Um, what so? What city are you looking forward to going to the most? Honestly, I'm really looking forward to uh, Kansas City, just because I, you know, one of my goals this year was to work in some new states and, and mm-hmm. to get some opportunities uh, in places I haven't gone yet. And with this tour, I'm able to do that in Alabama and in Kansas. Yeah, because uh, I've, I've worked in Georgia and Florida before, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say I think I'm probably most excited about us going to Rickwood Field, which is in Alabama. Cool. Because that is the oldest ballpark in the country, maybe even the world. Yeah. It was built in 1910, so it's built before Wrigley. It's built before Fenway. It seats 10,000, and that game is sold out. So we are going to play in front of 10,000 people in the oldest, most historic stadium in the entire sport. And uh, when you just think of the magnitude of what that is, what that means... Yeah. And and uh, Jesse Cole put up a post a couple weeks ago about how the kind of goosebumps he got being there because you think about when they built it and what the country was like at the time. And baseball had been around, but it's still kind of arguably in its infancy. And think of all the people that have come through there over the last 112 years to enjoy ball games, all the teams and the people that they've seen and all the memories and to know that and then to be playing this new game and to sell the place out when they've already brought, there's two other major stadiums in that same city. Like they don't yeah. even play minor league ball there anymore. They don't no. play professional ball there anymore, Yeah, but it still stands. It's a, it's an historic location and we're going to play there and it's sold out. And, and awesome. I just, as someone that plays at the oldest minor league ballpark yep. in the country with Jackie Robinson ballpark and all the history there, which I, I'm always aware of and thinking about um i'm a big fan of these old ballparks so i'm really excited to see what we're going to be able to do inside rickwood yeah i'm a big fan of old ballparks too um loved wrigley obviously um but i grew up in williamsport pennsylvania um where believe bowman field it was built in 1906 i believe um so um and they've remodeled it, of course, but you can still, you walk right in and you can tell it's it's very old. Um, but the stadium in Birmingham that you guys are going to, Rickwood Stadium, that used to be an old Negro Leagues um, stadium, I believe. And I think so. I think the Barons still play, they try to play one game a year there um, just for historic reasons. And my buddy, um, Timmy Hines, he used to be the, um, director of stadium operations. And he would tell me about, you know, getting, getting ready for the Rickwood classic and how awesome that was. Um, but yeah, that's super exciting for you guys. Um, a lot of exciting things going on clearly. Oh, dude, wait till you start seeing the footage. Cause just, just from, just from the dress rehearsals we had this weekend, which we were, maybe kind of 80% of how we're operating in terms of just, you know, not all the tricks in our bag of tricks were at our disposal. 
just based on what we did have that I was able to see with the finished product, it, it is going to blow people away. It's going to be oh, wild. I'm sure. I'm sure. So how far is it from Daytona to Savannah? Three hours. Okay. Easy ride for me, straight up 95. Very, very uh, – that's what's kind of cool about where I live, and I think it's been kind of key to my success in all of sports, especially wrestling and MMA – is I am so centrally located to a lot of yeah. good cities in the southeast that I can pretty much get anywhere in the same day and back and still okay. get home and be with my wife and my kids. Right. So I live I live in Palm Coast, Florida, which is about 30 miles north of Daytona Beach. Okay. So I'm kind of like 30 minutes from Daytona and St. Augustine. Okay. I'm about an hour, hour and a half from both Jacksonville and Orlando. I'm three from... Tampa. I am three from Tallahassee. I am four from Miami. I'm three to Savannah. I'm six to Atlanta. Like okay. I can get all these places, and I've yeah. worked these cities pretty extensively sure. over the last few years because I don't need to stay overnight. I don't. I, I can get there. I can get back and, and still make it and, right. and get to work the next day if I need to. So it's uh, it's been very critical, I think, to my own success. Absolutely. Um, so I'm a I'm a big food guy. Um, I'm actually on day seven of Whole30, so I'm very hungry. Um, <laughs> uh, I've just lost 23 pounds in the last two months, so I understand. Uh, my uh, <laughs> I've restricted my, my eating behavior considerably, trying to get some of them lifestyle changes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Good for you. Um, it's tough. I, I, enjoy yeah. my, I enjoy my sweets and... Um, you know, but um, but after this thirty days, I'm I'm gonna go visit some friends in New York, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have myself a slice or two. So, uh, <laughs> but you got it, man. You got yep, it. Yep. Yep. So I gotta ask, what's the best concessions item at the Savannah Bananas, and then at the Daytona Tortugas too? It depends what you like. I mean, I, I'd say it's it's pretty standard fare at both. Um, I know Daytona, we're, we're still kind of trying to figure out what our new signature dish is going to be uh, because I, I feel like that's an earmark of a lot of different um, a lot of different ballparks. They, they have like that thing that's unique to them. Mm-hmm. And we, we haven't quite figured out that, that secret sauce yet. But I tell you what, our Belly Buster Wednesdays and Dollar Beer Night, those are the nights everybody likes those, uh, those concessions. Yeah. And as for the bananas, when we are home there in Grayson Stadium, What's really cool, and I don't know if everyone knows this, is all seats, all tickets are $20 at the Savannah Bananas. Okay. And that is all inclusive. So wherever you get, like whenever you get in, you pick whatever seat, and that's your seat. But also, hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken sandwiches, popcorn, soda, water, all free. Whatever you want. Wow. Just go. They've got lines set up and like it's like a constant like it's like Belly Buster Wednesday or whatever teams do mm-hmm. all the time there. All inclusive. Every single time. So you're not and it's quick, it's efficient, it's amazing. Now they have a few like more boutique items. They have a, a banana beer there. They've got a banana cream soda that you can buy with their branding and their logo on it, which okay. is a huge fan favorite. Mm. And uh the banana blackout drink where you're, they are they're only allowed to sell you one so they've got some uh, some adult beverages okay. too that are that are a big hit but we've got full bars in daytona uh, people like hanging out at the budweiser bullpen which is way out past the outfield 
Uh, so there's a little, you know, when it comes to food and drink yeah. and or, we we've got uh, we've got you covered with your pretty with your standards. Okay, very very impressive. All right, that, I didn't I didn't realize that it was like r- literally all you can eat at the Savannah Bananas. Um, that blackout drink sounds interesting though. I would definitely try. Yeah, that. as soon as people say you're only allowed one, everybody goes, "Ooh, I don't know. I I feel like I have to find out what that's about." Yeah, uh, and they have another sure. one. I think the slippery banana. It's like uh, some kind of alcoholic beverage. I went as a fan last year to one game, and my wife and I had. It was pretty good. I, okay. I enjoyed that. I don't know. I I like a good adult beverage out because you know. Uh, these days, my life's so serious. I, I don't get to indulge all that much. So yeah, it, it's nice. Uh, you know, the food is you know, the food is the food to me. Um, you know, getting a nice, nice adult beverage is uh, is nice every once in a while. Man, yeah. it is once in a blue moon these days. Yeah, my favorite part about not being in minor league baseball anymore is the fact that I can go to a game. You know, at a stadium that I used to work at, and and have adult beverages. Um, that's that's probably the favorite. Oh, that and not pulling tarp anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. You know, the, yeah. as soon as you take those things off, it, it gets a lot more fun to just be a fan. Absolutely. Um, so I can really only imagine, um, considering that you're with the bananas now as well. Um, but this is your full your first full year with the bananas. So let's see. What's the best promotion that you've been a part of in your career? Oh man, the best promotion. Um, I don't. I, I'll say because my my role is very specific with the bananas, mm-hmm. so I, I don't get to be a part of tons of the those shenanigans. Okay. Because you've got Jesse, you've got Tyler, you've got the players, you got right. so many people working it, and that's fine. I, I'm cool to just take the back seat on that. But I, I run all the promotions when we are out there for uh, the Tortugas. Yeah. And we've we've tried different ones. Um, I really like uh, – actually, I, I work basketball too, and yeah. I started doing – it's something I, I learned from the Bananas, uh, but the, the sing-off competition where you pick two different sides of the stadium. So in, on the basketball court, we had two different sides where fans sat. Mm-hmm. And you'd have a sing-off, and you pick two popular songs. You play like a line that leads up to the chorus where everybody knows – and then you pull the music and let the crowd sing it. Whoever's loudest wins. Okay. That's a lot of fun because yeah. it really it gets all the fans engaged and they're fired up and they get into it. And that's just so cool. Um, but the ones I would say that were probably my most favorite were the ones that all went horribly wrong <laughs> with, uh, with the Tortugas. Especially, you know, the problem would be, and things we learned as we went, Sometimes you grab a kid that's like too young to do whatever you want to do and you get out there and it doesn't matter how many times you say, all right, we're going to do this, do that, and right. say it back to me. But as soon as that red light's on and we start going, man, all bets are off. Like we've had kids with, in the race with Sheldon, the Tortuga, they just blitz the field and start to end like you got yep. umpires chasing them. <laughs> and yep. it's at the time you're like, oh my God, no, but it's. Looking back on it, it's so funny, oh, and, and people sure. talk about it, and it, it is really a, a very, very good time. So sometimes the worst things are the best things. Yeah, so as a basketball fan, I've got to ask you, how good or bad is the Embry-Riddle basketball team? Because it, it is an aeronautics college, so I don't I don't anticipate them having, having a, a great basketball team, but I could be wrong. You would be wrong. Okay. Uh, you would be very wrong. They had an excellent season. 
Um, they are uh, going on to the NCAA Division Two tournament. Okay. Uh, they just saw they got the bid there. They they we, they went to the semifinals last week. My last game with them was a semifinal, and this, sadly they lost. Uh, but it went down to the buzzer. It, it was like within one score and. Embry Riddle was losing badly. They were down by 21 at the half, and they came back and actually got ahead. And I mean, oh, wow. it was as exciting as anything I've ever seen in sports. And I, I've gotten a chance to witness some really cool things over the years. But they were excellent. I mean, we had some great guys on that team uh, Romeo Crouch, Elijah Jenkins. Uh, both of those guys are seniors, so they're leaving us. So I don't know what that's going to mean for next year. But these guys were just lights out amazing athlete and then you hear their accolades off the off the court they're rocking these unbelievable gpas they're in these great great programs i mean yeah it's an air it's it's a rocket science school yeah and that's what's as an mc that's difficult because our student fans are not your typical college student fans right not like you're big basketball fans Yeah. yeah yeah you're not going to like big basketball fans you're not you don't have all your frat guys that are drinking and partying and like you know Butarski from uh, Animal House. Right. These are a lot of kids from uh, international backgrounds that are here from other countries. Okay. And and like just really super nerdy kids that are like you know they're they're rocket scientists. They yeah. don't know this. So we're we're providing this education and how to act as a fan. So in our selection, even like that sing off, I had to really kind of limit my choices because I was like, I need to pick songs that I know can't miss. Like songs that yeah. I know, because the other side of our fans are really old retirees, which Florida is very well known for. Sure. And I got to so I now I'm limited to songs that old retirees definitely know and will sing, and also kids that don't know much about sports and God only knows how long they've been in the United States. Songs that they will know. So sure. it was uh, certainly some That's interesting, tough. yeah, selection criteria. I'll, I'll have a lot more breadth this season with the Tortugas because you've got more. Um, more diversity there sure. in the population, but like these are things people don't think about. I don't think. Right. Um, so we, uh, it, it was, it was certainly fun. It was my first season with them. They saw me at Jackie Robinson Ballpark and uh, hit me up on Facebook. We're like, you don't know us, but we need you, and we want to hire you to come in. And, and I just That's had a cool. blast with basketball this year. That's cool. See, like I think you and I are like pretty polar opposites because like. I've been a PA announcer for, I mean, when I was in Beloit, I was a PA announcer for for three years for every game, Um, and I was the DJ for every game as well. Um, I love doing PA announcing, but I've been a part of, like, the promo crew and stuff like that, and I'm fine with being on the field, like, in front of everybody, but, like, me talking in front of people, like, I... I, I, I have no problem being behind a microphone, but me being in front of a crowd is a different story. So I um, I appreciate what you do for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's um, I don't I'm not the, I'm not the guy that's gonna fix your car. I'm not the yeah. guy that's gonna cook you dinner. I can burn yeah. Jello. I'm not good at it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm uh, my my skills in in other areas are are limited at best, <laughs> but. Um, I've had a big mouth and it's been my biggest asset and my biggest liability since I was a little kid. (laughs) And I really don't mind being out in front of people. And once I figured that out, 
once I realized that that was my talent, that was my wheelhouse, I just started finding more ways to do it. I, I take my same approach that I take in the classroom of just being fun and enthusiastic and engaging as much as I can. And I just do that same thing out in front of, you know, giant crowds now for sports and, yeah. and just have a good time make people's day. That's what it's all about for me. So that, and, uh, I just love it. It doesn't yeah. bother me at all, but I know it's like some people, it's their absolute biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen people just shut down. Like you get kids out there, you're like, you know, play ball. And they're like, oh my God. Right. <laughs> like they whisper and you're like, what are you doing? All right, but <laughs> it's not for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you're a teacher during the day and then at night you're an MC for tons of, tons of events, excuse me, and a DJ when you're not doing that, how do you find time to have any sort of social life or family life? Social life is non-existent. Okay. Um, family life is, I I did, I, I stepped away from trivia after doing it for six years yeah, at the end of December, I just felt as though it was time. It ran its course. It was actually doing me more harm than good, I thought, uh, yeah. just for my own personal health and well-being. I still loved it. Um, I do miss it. But, uh, dude, I was the fattest I've ever been. Um, I, and I was just really tired all the time. And in having it, I did at least two shows a week every week all year, 52 weeks a year. You know, I did about yeah. 100 shows last year with a full season of baseball and basketball and, and, and. So it, uh, it really shut down my ability to spend time with my family and to be healthy in any way, shape, or form. Sure. So once I removed that back in December, I, I mentioned it. I've, I've lost about 23 pounds so far. My wife has also lost over 20 pounds. Wow. We're walking together. We're exercising together. I'm spending time with my kids. You know, I'm, you know, we're playing soccer with my son and daughter last night. Okay. Um, so I'm able to get that stuff in, maybe not as much as I should, mm-hmm. but more than I was. And I, I just try wherever I am, and you know, sometimes like your phone can distract you, but wherever I am, I try to make it that that's what I'm doing right now. That's mm-hmm. the place to be. If I'm teaching, then I am that teacher, and I'm locked in. When I'm at an event, I'm whatever that event calls for me to be. When I'm home, and I'm a dad or a husband. Like I want to shut the rest of the stuff up and just be that dad hard, professor hard, teach hard, whatever it is, yeah. trying to be all in in that moment. Okay, okay. I like it. But yeah, no social life. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for friends or hanging out. In fact, I kind of freak out when people start like, hey, we need to get together. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't think I can. Like, right. People are like, all right, dude, we get it. But well, I just like the that... wheels start spinning and freaks me. It like, almost freaks me out anymore. That that was like one. That's one of the things I work. I miss about working in minor league baseball is um, that camaraderie. Like I was going to work to hang out with my friends. Like like obviously I got my stuff done, you know, and and then some. <laughs> uh, but but I was going to work with with all my friends because like you know the places I worked after Williamsport, um, 
I didn't know anybody else in the town. Like the other people I, I knew in the town were people that I met at the bars, you know, um, that I was hanging out with, with my coworkers. So, um, I, that, that is one thing that I miss, uh, for sure. But, um, but yeah, I do, I do get that. Um, you know, working in minor league baseball made dating extremely hard. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you that much, you know, if you're working a oh, sure. hundred hours Nights a week. And, yeah. 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 You're not wrong. I mean, I was, when I taught, when I was a professor, I taught at night. Yeah. I taught for five hours straight Monday through Thursday. Uh, I was a single dad. So I had my son on the weekend and he was a baby. So like dating yeah. was impossible. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I met my wife on an online dating site. It was the only option I had. Yep. And, uh, that's how I met my wife worked, too. Luckily it worked out. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's kind of how that story came together. And like next week we'll be together nine years. So, wow. No, but it's it is tough. It's very tough, and uh, even then, I, I wasn't running the same kind of schedule I am now. It, man, it, yeah. it, God forbid, I ever had to start over again. Forget it. It'd be damn near impossible. Yeah, I don't think I'd be interested. I'm, I'm very happy with where I am, what I got. It's all good. I'm I'm happy with the circumstances as yeah. they are now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's how I met my wife too. Was online. So, so I I get it, man. Life's too busy sometimes. <laughs> um. So, what is the weirdest interaction that you've ever had with a fan? So late in the season, um, my we were got all our college like age students were at back to school, okay. and it's like August, early September. We still got games, and we we are running out of people fast. And so, uh, our Josh, one of the guys that works in the office there, he's like does community outreach. He does a lot of game day operation stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. other duties as a sign he kind of does a little bit of all of it yep he uh, he goes any chance you know anybody else that wants to work and, and my wife said she was so my wife started working with me um so it would be very awkward there was one drunk lady one night who was like taking pictures of my butt and was uh <laughs> you know hanging out and kind of like she was there like on a date and was like talking about me and my wife's right behind her and, and it was funny it's a good story but it definitely weird, probably the weirdest interaction yeah. I've had. She's had my wife to take a picture of her with me. I'm like, yeah, all right, you know, here's wow. a guy in the suit. There we go. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that is great. Um, yeah. So I know that you don't work for the team full time, but do you, do you ever participate in tarp pools? And if so, do you have any wild tarp stories? No, no, and uh, we we just converted the field to turf okay. uh, a couple of years ago. So they they pretty much just pull. If I'm trying to remember correctly, I think they and we we've been fortunate. We only had a couple rainouts this season, which is very uncharacteristic for Daytona. Yeah, being so close to the ocean, we're sure. right on an island next to the ocean. Mm-hmm. But um, they have like a small tarp that goes out over home plate in that area, and I think that's kind of it. Like it's not like the full ordeal. Like really? uh, I've seen at other ballparks. Okay. So I haven't had that. But during rainouts, I have, you know, all the fans go under the covered area. And I have, like, started riffing, putting together promotions just to entertain fans throughout the rainout. Okay. One day we happened to have, like, a marching band that was there. So we brought them in to play a little bit. Nice. Uh, I watched uh, some things just from I had gone to like the Savannah Bananas the week before. I'd never seen their whole operation. Okay. They did yeah. this really cool thing where, um, their MC Tyler, he before the game, like 
did an intro and then he started like doing this fan interaction thing like all right who came from the furthest away and he's like walking through the stands talking to people and who uh which couple has been here married the longest and i i just it really yeah. impressed me and then we're at this rain out and all these people are standing there and you know you don't want people to leave you want them to hang out and have a good time so i i you know radioed up to the booth and said get some slow dance music give me something in the background and turn my mic on make it hot and let me go mm-hmm. and so we filled like 20 minutes with these bits of like talking to fans and like people coming down and interviewing them making them a part of it wow. our camera guys came down and started putting them up on the screen as as the weather was clearing out sure. so while i wasn't involved in in the tarping and getting anything ready on that side I did have to kind of slide in on the fly and come up with some stuff to engage our fans. Okay. And you know what? It was super fun, and we're definitely going to be kind of incorporating more Plan B, Plan C kind of stuff this season to make sure that we offer as much jam-packed entertainment as we can, regardless of circumstances. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah, more teams should should do some stuff like that. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, man of the people. I like it. All right. Uh, that's that's the gig, man. That's uh, yeah. that's why they're bringing me in to, yeah. to get people having a good time. Be be the guy. I like to say I'm I'm the guiding hand of the event, right? It's not about me, um, but I am the guiding hand to kind of make sure things move and flow, and from the on field action to off the field, and make sure that it's all very very smooth. And and I like to think uh, that my hand is pretty steady at this point after mm-hmm. after a whole lot of reps over the years. Right. Right. Uh, what is the most other duties as a sign moment in your career? I don't know if it has really come in sports. Um, I mean, I, I help out with anything. I, last year I, I saw a fan go down and get injured and I, I used to work in, um, so I used to work in campus recreation for the colleges I went mm-hmm. to and I was like the facilities graduate assistant so i was on the so risk management was big for me um i've taught it in college so Mm -hmm. i've had to do i I jumped in but usually others get there and it's it's not my thing right Uh, but i'm i'm ready and prepared and and can at least offer some basic first responder type okay uh, care wow Uh, but i but i had to do stuff like that a lot when i was working in college i remember oh god the worst was uh, I was a building manager one night at, uh, at my undergrad, Rowan University, and I, this girl, she was, she was up on the track, and then she comes downstairs, and I'm sitting by, I'm at the front desk with, with some of the girls working the front desk, and this girl sits down in, like, the cafe area, and she just sits there, and she, she has that, like, hands drooped and hanging, oh. like, very loose between her legs, and, I, oh, yeah. and she just didn't look, and I went... I know where this is going, and she just sat there. And man, there's a trash can ten feet away. There's a trash can twenty feet. It's like Disney World. There's so many trash cans, mm-hmm. like you don't have to go anywhere. And she just sits there, and I'm like, "This is happening." And man, she just yammed all over the floor, ah. and I was like, "Dude, come on!" And uh, you know, and then she just like gets up, like, "I'm sorry," and you're like, "So you had to go get? I had to go get that powdery stuff." Yeah. And you get like the the wooden scoops that they come. Oh, the, uh, no one's ever had to do that. Other duties as assigned, or has a, a toilet overflowed, or, or a urinal, or something. I've mm-hmm. had to deal with all that stuff back in my uh, recreational sports days. Okay. So that's probably the biggest of it. Fortunately, knock on wood here, uh, not 
not a ton of craziness yet. There's still time. There's still at, time. Uh, at some of the other sporting events. Okay. What's the strangest thing that's come up during a game that you've had to assist with? We had a delay one night uh, because one of our lights wasn't working properly and the other okay. team refused to play because it, it wasn't dark yet, but it was going to be dark at some point. So we had electrical companies coming out. And again, we are stuck at this point. Like our fans are here. They're here for a game. We have no idea when we're going to resume play. So we had to start coming up with more ways to entertain people. So that was, you know, it's, and it's, how do you explain that to fans who are paying money who are sitting there and it's not raining and there's nothing else going on. Why are we sitting here? So, uh, you know, I just started running through the gamut of promotions on the field and, and making it fun and, and interactive. Just everything is fine. Nothing to see here. Kind of pay no attention to the man behind the curtain kind of stuff is, yeah. uh, is the bulk of it. Okay. Uh, we do have one listener question and it's from Caleb Webb. And he asked, who would win in a dance-off, you or Sheldon? No contest, Sheldon. Sheldon's okay. got moves. Man, I, I look, there are things I'm good at. I can pass for a dancer if I need to. You know, I, I can do the basics of the stuff. I'm not winning any dance competitions, by and large, unless the competition is very, very poor. Sheldon has got moves. He's got uh, GIF images on Twitter of him, like you hitting his moves, mm-hmm. hitting the robot, all that stuff. Sheldon, all day, every day. Okay, all right. At least you're honest. At least you're honest. I'll give you that. <laughs> no. Shouting contests. I'm taking the W. All there. right. Give, give me and Sheldon sure. the Cathlon, and we'll, yep. we'll run the game. <laughs> okay. All right. Where can the listeners find you on social media? You're all over the place, man. I, I am. Um, if you just type in the young professor, you'll find me some way, somehow. My, my handles are a little different from platform to platform. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, it's at the young professor. On Twitter, it's at young professor G. On Instagram and TikTok, it's at MG, the young professor. So if you just type the young professor, I'm a pretty easy cat to find. Yeah, you're on LinkedIn too. If yep. people want to connect with you on there. And then uh, what's your website? It's uh, at young professor or at the young professor mg.com. But if you get to my socials, I've got links in the bios and all that stuff to, to link you to all that stuff. My merch page, highlight reel, you name it. I try to streamline it as much as I can. Yep. And people can find you at the Daytona Tortugas games and on the Savannah Bananas world tour this this year so exciting man. Yeah. so uh, you have no idea it, it was like a dream come true I, I just listened to a podcast uh today that jesse did because i really look up to him I, yeah. I, you know there's not a lot of i don't know what line of work this is that i'm even in i, I don't think there's <laughs> right. a career path for it there's no classes for it i didn't know what and i've been doing it for years before i even discovered him and then i went oh my god there's someone who's doing what I want to do, what I am doing, but better. And right. He's got it figured out, and he and he's like putting out free school. So I listen to everything. So uh, okay. he he put something out today that said they have a waiting list of over a thousand people that have submitted applications to work for the bananas. Really? And and so when I heard that, I heard that less than an hour ago. That's wild. and I uh, 
I said, uh, you know, I reached out to them and we had a couple conversations and they hired me to be on their tour. And, and that's just wild to me yeah. to, to have, you know, come from, from nothing essentially. And, and to be worthy of this, this thing, right. I, you know, the bananas are, are their own thing very yeah. much. So it's not just baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't like a comparison to even Harlem Globetrotters because they're not quite like that. They're right. a bigger scale operation than that mm-hmm. even. Um, to be just a, he had the chance to be a part of it and to work with a guy like Jesse who has been my mentor from afar and now to work with him direct man it's just great and, and I'm so excited about it I'm so excited to get here to talk with you about it on Pulling Tarp uh, and the Tortugas and all this other stuff Bobby I can't thank you enough for having me on here tonight yeah man thank, thank you um, so I got one last question I know you've at least listened to one other episode so you you knew it was coming. This is the last question I ask for every interview. And there is a uh, Spotify playlist, uh, the Pulling Tarp Podcast walk-up playlist. During your MILB career, what has been your favorite walk-up song, and whose was it? Uh, we had Ruben. What was Ruben's last name? Oh, man, he came like the last the last uh, month of the season last year but he used to come up to um big papa from the notorious big yes and and like we were calling we were just everybody was calling him big papa and the guy was only there for a few weeks uh really towards the end and like the whole place was just vibing every time he came out he was a big old boy too yeah and he dude could if he got a hold of one man it would he was crushing it so he very quickly became a fan favorite and just walking up to that music the the whole vibe in the whole stadium just changed and, and man I, I was feeling it with everybody else that was probably my favorite awesome i i mean it is a great song so um that'll be on the uh the walk-up playlist and we're gonna ride out with that song the young professor matt grafer thank you so much for coming on to the pulling tart podcast Really appreciate you taking time out of your evening. I know you don't have a lot of free time, but I really appreciate you take, taking the time to come on the Pulling Tart Podcast. Appreciate you, Bobby. Thanks a lot, man. Oh, oh, check it out. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.